Welcome to All My Life, SPO's brand new podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Emma. And we are the hosts. We are. And we're doing uh, deep dives into lifelong discipleship. And we are here with our good friend, Derek Waldbillig. Derek, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be good to be here. It's good to have you on the couch. Here we are in, uh, these are SPO Studios, right, Emma? SPO Studios. Spo Studios. Yes. Did that just happen? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what just happened. They're getting some signals. I literally itched my nose. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were like, you've got a booger, man. So I was taking care of it. I was like, thank you. Thank you for helping me. I was like, she has no, got my back. I would call that out. That is the sign of a great host, no. friend, sister. Thank you. You would just call it out. I would. You got a burger, dude. Yeah. I had an awkward experience <laughs> once where someone didn't call it out. And so now I just committed to always calling it out. That's, what about in the teeth? Yeah. You just got to let people yeah, know. Just call right? it out. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I think it's helpful. Yeah. It is a grace. It's a mercy. Yeah. That's what it is. Well, <laughs> anyway, thank you to knowing for knowing that you'd have my back. Yes. Um, Derek, you have been mm-hmm. working with SPO for how many years now? Since 2013, that summer. Yep. So do the math. This is, this is year nine, 10. Nine, nine, 10. 10. Yeah. That's awesome. Most of your adult life. Yeah. Uh, working, oh, yeah. Working with SPO. And you're now the Minnesota Development Officer, meaning you're raising money. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But um, you also played football in college. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. At Bethel. Mm-hmm. Bethel University. So I want to know. I've always wondered. I've never played football. I know it's it's sort of a surprise. They're like, oh, Ryan, you didn't play football? You look like a football <laughs> player. That's what happens a lot of times. But <laughs> I, I did not play football, much to many people's surprise. What is it Kicker, like? You were, you were running back. <laughs> I was a running back, okay. yes. Tell me about the worst hit you ever took. Oh, man, I don't remember it. Right, because it you was were knocked the worst out. hit I ever took. <laughs> I don't remember. So um, this is a... This was a scrimmage of sorts. Uh, so freshmen didn't get a lot of time. Some, even sophomores, don't get a lot of time during the games on Saturday. So Friday evening, um, after the walkthroughs that the uh, the team takes, the the youngsters get to do a little a little scrimmage versus basically versus each other. So um, I I just so I don't actually remember it happening. But the following Monday. Uh, I had a coach ask me, oh, Derek, I'm just so surprised you got up from that hit on Friday. <laughs> I was like, I, what are you talking about? I don't even I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, oh, yeah, you got you got your bell rung, and you got up, and you got over to the sidelines, and then you came back in, and I just had no idea. I, I didn't think you would do Whoa. that. And I had, no <laughs> I had no recollection of what he was talking about, um, but I evidently, trainer didn't see it. I walked right back into the huddle, kept wow. playing. Wow, the trainer oh didn't gosh. see it. Did, you must think not have. Had the yeah. trainer seen it, he would have probably pulled you. Probably so. Yeah. I mean, but do you remember other parts of that scrimmage past past no, that? No, like, no, no. I mean, <laughs> how much memory? How much time yeah. did you lose? Uh, I I remember it happening, and oh. I think I remember like the events of the evening, but uh, the the whole like being hit, walking off the field, coming back into the huddle, finishing practice, like I. I don't think I remembered any of that. Did you end up get, like going to to the no, hospital, getting no, checked no, out? No, no, because no, at at some point, you you make a commitment, which is this is foolish. I don't <laughs> I don't think people should do this. Yeah, don't do this. Like College to ball. ask for help or to say I think I might be injured. You know that was like a you don't do that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's going to take you away from the game. 
And um, so, yeah, I didn't. What would it be? Dang. So I've often wondered what that would feel like. Like as a forty-eight-year-old man, what would happen to me if I got that, if I got that <laughs> oh, same hit? Would I just gosh. explode or like break in yeah. three? Or you yeah, know? you wouldn't you wouldn't want to get up for a long time. A long time. I would just go to bed right yeah, there yeah. on the. Field. I feel like it would hurt more like the week after, you know, like you might be fine for like that day, and then you'd wake up <laughs> just like Oof. it. It just hurts all the time. Yeah. It hurts. Well, I hope that never happens. Yeah. But there's part of me that kind of wants to know. I, I loved. I love football. I love watching football. Yeah. Um, sort of regulated violence, yeah. uh, which there's some issues with that, of course. Right. But, <laughs> but like, I've often wondered, what is that? What is that like? Yeah. Thanks for bringing us into that. Oh yeah, you're welcome. And um, <laughs> you're also uh, you're also married. Married. How Maggie. many years? How many years now? You and your wife. Maggie. So uh, this will be six. Just about six. Nice. And uh, we will soon share a wedding anniversary. Yeah, which is really exciting that's right. Too. New Year's Eve. Yeah, New Year's Eve weddings. They're a lot of fun. And then you guys have three kids and yes. one on the way. Yeah, exactly. So Michael's five. Um, Simeon is about to turn four. Uh, Manny is about to turn two. And then this new guy is coming sometime in January. So, oh, so uh, another another boy. Bo- the boys call him Pickles. Uh, I told him the other day we couldn't actually put that on his birth certificate. So we got to come up with another name. Simeon was pretty certain, Dad, we can, his name can be Pickles. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. It it could. It really could. It really could be Pickles. Crazier things have happened. Yeah. yeah, So So I'm I'm all about once the baby's born, does that, what does he look like? You know, does the names, do any of the names that we've been thinking like actually fit? Uh, So maybe he'll look like a Pickles. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. Three, three boys, mm-hmm. one on the way. Yeah. So with, with, th- this is, yeah, I'm just very curious as I'm getting married, like, um, my prayer life, you know, will change with like a spouse and, um, especially at three kids and one on the way, like, what does, um, what does family prayer look like for you? And like, what does prayer look like with you and your wife? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. It's, it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. I'd say my encouragement for you, uh, as you get married and, um, you'd hope to someday have children mm-hmm. is is just always be ready to to navigate what's going to work and you know through what's not going to work so i think i mean early days it was i mean it was such a joy because we'd take our personal prayer at the, at the same time mm-hmm. so we'd enter into worship together before our prayer intercede share some you know senses pull up pull open scriptures um, that like doesn't even, it barely even happens anymore yeah. that we would get a time just by ourselves to do it. And I, I wish I'd emphasize that more now, but, um, and now it's, now it's like, Hey, uh, when are you going to take your prayer today? I'm going to take my prayer here. When are you going to take your prayer? Um, or, or really it's, it's actually, what does our morning routine look like? And can we build our morning routine to have me leave the house having both had our personal prayer or at yeah. least have a plan uh, in place because if it doesn't happen in the morning, there's no plan. I mean, you can chalk it up. I mean, cause taking care of the kids is wild. So both of us praying at the same time, not a chance. So, okay, Maggie, go get ready for the day. Do whatever you need to do. Pray, come downstairs. I'll swap. I'll go upstairs. I'll get ready for the day. Take some prayer, come back down, do the day. So that's like the personal prayer. Um, and then, I mean, with little boys, holy buckets, I mean, trying to get them to pray is, is wild. We can't even sometimes make it through a meal prayer without the two uh, big guys like looking at each other the wrong way and, <laughs> and, and, you know, fighting or whatever. So, um, 
we really try to emphasize our our family prayer is right after dinner. So we'll do dinner, do a little cleanup, get ready for bed, and then um, and then we'll we'll try to we'll try to worship for uh, we'll worship a song, um, and then we'll take some time to intercede. Uh, we'll sing the song of Simeon, um, and uh, which is out of Luke. If you've never if you're not familiar with uh, Saint Simeon, uh, his words. Uh, so we sing that, um, and then uh, Hail Mary, and then we're done. And um, it's it's a lot of times it's I try to keep going. The boys are it's chaotic. We give we have some instruments for them to to play along, but um, but anyway, yeah, it's good. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really encouraging to hear. Like, no matter what, like you two making that like a priority each day, and like making sure that that is like something that's like planned out. Yeah, in uh, your days, that's really totally. Cool. It's a need. Awesome. awesome. Um, you love gardening. <laughs> yes. I did awesome. not know that. I've just, I just heard this about you and mm-hmm. I'm really eager to hear, um, where that came from and yeah. what you discovered about that. Um, I love being outdoors. I love working with my hands, mm-hmm. but I, I, I've been he- hearing there's something even more kind of even deeper that's been stirring up in yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Where does that where did that come from and, and how does that connect into your kind of your relationship with God? Yeah, that's a it's a good question. So I, I'd say for starters, similar to what you said. So being a person who loves outdoors, love working with my hands, I don't have a lot of um it's not like I'm a great woodworker or like, you know, house projects and like anything like that necessarily. But um so on a natural level, like getting dirty in the garden. Uh, digging, uh, whatever, harvesting. Um, there's something about that that's good. Uh, but then just within the last couple of years, I, I read, um, so there's a book called Redeemer um, by, by Steve Clark. And, and he talks about, uh, and this is amazing, he talks about the original plan for Adam and Eve in the garden. So they were given like this little space. And I don't remember the exact words from Genesis, but they were given this this place in the garden to take care of, which I had heard before. I'd heard that a long time ago. Adam, your 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 goal is to, um, I think shamar. I think that's the term, uh, to take care of the garden, to till the garden. Um, but actually, the goal for the father wanted to, to give them all of creation, and the plan was for him to was to um, to slowly teach Adam and Eve to restore all of creation, and so it's like. It's like our duty, you know, to, so when I think about, when I think about tilling the soil, I'm thinking about like restoring creation to order uh, out of the chaos. And um, there's something that's awesome about that because, I mean, in, in my heart, in my, my families, you know, my kids, I'm trying to bring order in the midst of their you know, five-year-old chaos. Um, and so I just, I love that. I love, um, I love working hard. I love, um, again, just bringing, bringing order to chaos, even in the midst of vegetables and, uh, fruit and, uh, flowers. What, and what was, so cool. uh, oh, flowers too. Like, did, oh, uh, so- I, I still, yeah. I, Maggie is a great gardener. I'm, I'm trying, <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, so yeah, some flowers. What was good That's this cool. year though? Like. Uh, what, what grew well this year? Well, tomatoes, I mean, those are like money. I mean, those are, yeah, we just plant a ton of tomatoes and, um, 
and the boys, um, the boys love being back there too. Cause they'll just pop them off. Um, especially the cherry tomatoes are popping right off and start eating them or Manny would take, uh, the tomatoes and eat them like an apple, um, which is, uh, you know, some of the bigger ones, but yeah, so tomatoes grew really well this year. Uh, we tried corn. That was kind of fun. Uh, some sweet corn, uh, that grew, that grew well this year. Yeah. So cool. Do your boys join you in, in that kind of, in that whole process? Yeah. They're in and out. So we have a, we have a gate. So when we're doing something, so early on, um, if they can, uh, if they cannot like stomp on the plants, which it's kind of an inevitable, you know, thing, but we're, we're teaching them. <laughs> Do you mean accidentally? Or, <laughs> no, no like, this is fun. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, Oh, look at mama weed, you know, and, mama and the, plant. yeah, oh, yeah plants. Like, okay. no, 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 no. So yeah. So during the days, um, so when Maggie's out there, she'll often have the boys and then, you know, nights and weekends, uh, during the summers, I'm, I'm out there too. And I love, I love having at least Michael and Simeon with me. Um, and they'll not do things perfectly, but it's really, it's great work, uh, to weed. I don't know if everybody weeding a garden is hard work. Yeah. Uh, so to do that in the midst of a, you know, hot summer day, you know, they don't, they don't like it, but it's, it's great. Well, to jump back a little, um, so you are the Minnesota Development Officer, um, but before that, you were chapter leader at the University of Minnesota. Um, so that one, you know, you're you're on the field, you're with the students, you're with the missionaries. Uh, your role now, you know, is a little different in the office, uh, relating with our donors, our supporters. How um, how would you say that your job now is still on mission? Well, I think. Um Probably the easiest way to look at it is like I'm, I'm helping allow the mission to happen. So, um, you know, we, we need people to be on campus. Um, and uh, it's really helpful that almost all of our missionaries fundraise and, you know, we're all joined in this together. But to, to pay for a lot of our life, I mean, stuff is, stuff's expensive. Retreats are expensive. <laughs> um, household, expensive. Um, you know, a send conference, expensive, all of these things. So on a practical level, um, you know, I'm help I'm helping the mission happen. Um, but it, I'd say even, even more so there's like, wow, what a great opportunity to be a herald of the good news to these donors. Um, you know, I think, I really believe that the Lord, well, I'd say first, the Lord will do, do anything, will take really extreme measures to get to a to a person's heart and to break into their life. Um, and for some people, um, I really believe the Lord, the way the Lord wants to encounter them more deeply is in their giving. And so I believe whether it's, whether it's sharing the fruit of their investment or whether it's encouraging them and inviting them, asking them to give more generously, radically, um, and may, you know, through those invitations and maybe it's through them praying through the process of, wow, I'm letting go of whatever, $100,000. Um, you know, those are, those are really weighty things. And so I think, I, think God, um, I think God works really, really powerfully in that. Um, and, and I just think, I, I think even through the, the, the process of working with donors, um, you know, my, I mean, my hope is just to receive them for, in their faith life wherever they're at, 
it doesn't come up in with every donor conversation, but I love when it does. The the stories I get to hear about people's lives, these men and women, um, and there's a there's a good number of folks who uh, who have uh, who have adult kids, adult children, and, and they in a lot of honestly, there's a good percentage of them who have left the faith, and so to be there in that moment to receive them and encourage them to not give up on their children and for them to hold out hope, um, hold on to hope. Um, so I, I just think from a lot of different angles, um, I get to be um, really in the mission still of, of bringing the good news to people, of allowing it to take place on campus, to be preached on campus. And um, yes, yeah, so I'm just really grateful that in this new role, I have these great opportunities. You know, it seems like fruitful mission is rooted in prayer. Yeah. Can you give examples of what brought you to your knees in prayer when you were on mission, on campus, and the same or different kinds of things that brings you to your knees now in your role? Oh, man. Um, I, yeah, I, I think any time that I felt powerless, so this is what I'd say would be the, be the same, um, is, which reality check is that everything we do that's good is the Lord. Everything we do is God's grace. Um, that's, that's good. Um, it's never, it's never actually me. And so I think, so implied there then what is power, what, what is power? Is powerlessness a good thing or is powerlessness a bad yeah, thing? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Powerless, powerlessness is a, it's, it's a great thing. I mean, that's like the degree to which we can depend on the Lord or the degree to which we realize our neediness is the degree to which God can break in. He actually wants to, I mean, look at the Gospels. Um, Jesus, there's a number of times where he wants to break in. Um, he wants the Father to, to break in through the reflection of would you be like little children? Let the children come to me. Because when a, when a child, it, it's so much easier for a child to know their neediness. And me as a thick-skulled like, man, I mean, I don't want to be needy. Uh, I want to be the guy who has the answers, the guy who has the plan. And so being on campus, um, it was the, t- the times where I was really hitting my knees were the times where I said, God, you actually have to show up here. Um, and maybe it's because we didn't have our stuff together, but sometimes even you kind of feel like you have plans in place, but the Lord has to show up like a fan into flame retreat. Lord, if you don't come in power on Saturday night during the, during the prayer time, when we're praying for the fullness of the Holy Spirit in these people's lives, then, um, then what, what are we doing? You know, that's, um, so I think, um, this places of God, I actually can't change people's hearts you have to change them. And then from a development spec- perspective, as I'm raising money, like, Lord, I can't convince this person that it's a good idea to give up $100,000 like, or, or 10000 or 5000 or 2000 or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, I can, I can have some encouragement. But even there, it's, it's the Lord. Um, and the Lord has to change the heart. And it's helpful to get to my knees and say, God, you have to do this because I can't. Yeah, I love that you said powerlessness. And I think all of us feel like, oh, that's not something I want to feel. Yeah. You know, it's actually, mm-hmm. uh, um, 
It's a terrible feeling. Yeah. Um, and yet it's a, an, a thoroughly Christian principle uh, to sort of embrace. Yeah. And, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I, I, yeah, I would just say one. So I think St. Teresa Lazoo talked a lot about this and St. John of the Cross, maybe a little bit too. We, that dependence, you know, the image, one of the images like the elevator. Um, yeah. Where Therese. when we, yeah. when we realize that we are needy and it's God who can scoop us up almost like an elevator. I think elevators were just being invented at the time of St. Therese. And so uh, she was like, what if in my life, the ways that I really need God, what if he could break in and just lift me up to himself like an elevator does at this pers- rich person's home, <laughs> you know? And, um, and I think that image is, is really powerful. Um, it's been a, it's been a huge help for me for sure. Um, that particular image? Yeah. That image. Yeah. yeah of, of the father just lifting us up mm-hmm. this place of Lord, I, I can't do it. Yeah. You, you actually have to do this. Um, and all too often I'm trying to pull the reins back and do it myself, but it's not where he wants us to live. What, what message, like if you could, if you could have, if you could talk to, you know, a group of college students or a group of young adults and you had just a couple of minutes with Mm -hmm. them and floors open, you know, like what, based on what you've experienced over these years and working with SPO and, and seeing kind of your life, you know, be, be transformed. And you have this aim at, at living all of your life for the rest of your life for Jesus. What, what would you say? I think as I look back on what was most impactful for me and I kind of hold with me is that I would never give up. You know, I think there was uh, my last 10 plus years have been really messy. Uh, my college years, my SBO years. Um, and what do you mean by messy? <clears throat> That's a good question, Ryan. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I relationally, I there was there was uh, working with men, being around women, um, I just know I hurt people. Um, I think being a chapter leader for a number of years and I didn't always make the right call and I think that hurts. Um, and I know, I know because I have to reconcile with my wife all too often <laughs> that of ways that I mess up or, um, you know, I hurt her or, or for the kids. I mean, this is like the constant this is the constant thing that I'm, I'm working through today is, um, is when stuff hits the fan at home, how, what comes out of me and it's not love and it's, it's actually, uh, yeah, too often it's, it's just unrighteous anger. I mean, there's, there's a lesson for them to learn. So, so I, I think I, you know, as I look at the last number of years, to not give up in those moments because there are moments just even, even this past weekend when, when, when everybody in the house, um, maybe not my wife, but I and my, and my boys were, were just really negative. And, and at some point it just, okay, I believe Lord that you can break into the negativity here. 
And to speak out that and to pray for our family in that moment out loud so everybody could hear, um, there, so I, I just think there, there was an opportunity there to not doubt the Lord, that in the midst of this um, difficult place, I, I believe that God could break in and continue to move us forward. And in my own day-to-day things, like, God, I believe you can break in here and move us forward. And so I think when I look at my last 10 years, when I think about trying to give the Lord all of my life, every area of my life, that is a lot. And then to say, to commit that I want to give it to him for the rest of my life, um, that also is a, that could be a long, that could be a long time. And so it's a, it's a, it's a daily, the daily work and to never give up and to know that the Lord, there's nothing that can separate us from the Lord in that process. And that's what I'd want people to hear is to never be discouraged. I think, I myself have been discouraged way too often over the last number of years. And I would want college students and other young adults to not give up and to know that the Lord's love is for them in that moment. He can break through. He wants to call them to himself. Um, And um, he has joy and freedom uh, for them. And so Romans 7, Romans 8, encourage people to read that. Um, and, uh, and it just engaged the lifelong process with joy, trusting the Lord. Yeah. It's like, um, how do you give all of your life to Jesus just one day at a time? Yeah. Cause that's yeah. really all we have. One yeah. minute at a right. time. <laughs> right. yeah. Honestly. Well, yeah. yeah. No, that's right. And I, and I think that's really, uh, encouraging mm-hmm. and, um, thanks Derek. Thanks for going there. And, yeah. Um, awesome. we also want to get to keep getting to know you better as well. Mm-hmm. So we have a few hot seat questions. Great. You ready for that? Let's go yeah. through them. Cool. Kicking it off. What is your favorite smell? Um, anytime my wife picks a pie. Oh man. At, probably apple pie when my wife makes an apple pie, but really any kind of pie she makes. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Favorite condiment. So I would encourage everybody to take a road trip to Atchison, Kansas. Okay, let's go. Uh, so Willie's is like, you know, there's I think there's maybe, I don't know, a handful of places to eat in small Atchison, Kansas. But I served there for a while at Benedictine College just north of Kansas City. I thought you served at Willie's. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so, well, I, I mean, that's where I had all my one-on-ones. So, yeah. <laughs> they were um, served. So, but uh, there... Their um their honey mustard with their sweet potato fries was the mm. best honey mustard. No one can beat it. No one. So I I, I can't. Yeah, haven't come across a shout out. Is it a yeah. one? Maybe they could send oh. us some. <laughs> I mean, it's just a, a singular place. It's not a franchise. Um, I mean, I think they might have one in Manhattan, Kansas, where Kansas State is. Okay, but again, right next to the college. Honey mustard. Honey mustard. Oh, at yeah. Willie's. At Willie's. In Atchison, in Atchison Kansas. Kansas. That's a very specific answer it's so to good. what your favorite <laughs> condiment. Yeah, it's And you good. can't get that stuff anymore right yeah. now, probably. Yeah. No, I mean. Yeah. We'll ship it up. Yeah. All right, if we opened your phone right now, what would be your most commonly used emoji? Um, I think maybe the the nerd 
geeky face smile. The guy with like the glasses. Like I don't even know. Front that. Teeth. Yeah, the two front teeth. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I think it's that one or the or the nervous <laughs> the nervous the nervous smile or like kind of just like the wide teeth. Yeah, the the really wide teeth. I don't I wouldn't necessarily say nervous smile, but like, you know. Those yeah, are that's, I think that makes is sense. That, is that yeah. okay, so anyway, those are the two. Oh yeah. Why are we like, throwing out the nerd emoji? Um when I think of you. Yeah. <laughs> Nerds, I love nerds rule. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, uh, gosh, I just love to try to be lighthearted <laughs> about things. I think it's helpful in life. And so tacking on one of those two, it's helpful in conversation. Kind of lightens the mood. Yeah. Lightens the mood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Dude, I love emojis. Uh, give us your most, I'm talking most, irrational fear. Like it just doesn't make yeah. any sense, yeah. but I am definitely afraid of. That all my rational fears would come true. Oh, <laughs> oh meta. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, yeah, I think that's the that's. Are that's you a fe- are you a fearful are you a fearful person? Um, I don't think so. Um, I am, but 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 yeah. having kids that like changed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd say. Um, oh wait, you became more fearful. I became more fearful. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I think you know, um, on top of getting them to heaven, I just need at at this point having little boys, the goal is to like, just keep them alive. I mean, they (laughs) are. So uh, I oftentimes will think of, um, I wouldn't say often, but the fears that I do have, I'm thinking about like, Oh my goodness, what's going to, you know, choke on this food. They're going to knock each other out when they're wrestling. Uh, you know, they're, yeah. Right. (laughs) I mean, which is already, that stuff's happening. Broken bones. It's already a thing running out in the street. Thank God the times that they run out on the street, there's been, happened to be no one driving past. But so anyway, uh, those are, I think those are somewhat rational. So thinking about the fact that all of those things are going to come true. That's the, that's the irrational, it's the irrational fear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And wrapping it up. um, If you could own any exotic pet, what kind would you own? Alligator. Had that ready. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Um, I think how close have you ever been to an alligator? Well, I've held a baby one. Okay. Uh, which I mean, that's probably not saying much. Uh, yeah. Like, and it hand, just like handheld. Nibble on, nibble yeah. On yeah. Your, yeah. Your they, fingers a little. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you get to feel what it, you know, what it's like. Mm-hmm. I think if I had it, I, I'd have, um, you know, exotic. I mean, I'd love to be, uh, I'd love more like the farmer life someday, you know, have a bunch of cows, horses. Those aren't exactly exotic. So if I'm thinking exotic, I'm thinking uh, get a place down south that has huge property, big swamp, throw some gators in there. Um, and, of course, if I had children at that point, you know, and that would be a – Or neighbors. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> um, yeah, so I think – That would be a rational yeah, fear. Yeah, Kids that's right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love it. My um, – my oldest son had an 11 foot uh, boa constrictor. It's the scariest thing that's ever been in my house. And there have been a lot of scary things. My goodness. And we later came to find out like we were like, and it only, it was at the end of its life and it ended up dying about nine months of, I wasn't too sad. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Lord, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but it, we came to find out like we were really fortunate that it, it didn't strike out or it wasn't more aggressive because it, mm. it just you just don't know an and, eleven and foot boa, eleven foot boa, everything. That How big imagine, was the cage? Uh, f- uh, f- six foot by three foot by three foot. 
oh, it was a massive gosh. cage. And yeah. It was it was terrifying. Did you sleep well during those? I did. He was pretty, he was overly confident. He later told me uh, when we asked The snake or your son? (laughs) My son. Parcel tongue. He he was really (laughs) confident with snakes and he did do a good job with it. Um, But I remember like debriefing with him afterwards. Like when we went to go pick it up, um, it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're taking this thing home. It barely fit into our big old van. Well, and I was like, did you make the right choice? Like you said you were good. He's like, yeah, dad, I'm not sure that was the right thing to do. Like it was pretty scary. So, mm. and I don't recommend it. Oh my goodness. Well, Derek, it's been great to have you on the show. Thanks yeah, for joining thanks. us Thanks. Thanks yeah, for having me. Really awesome. grateful. I love it. I love it. We are here with the All My Life podcast. Hope that folks would, would check us out on YouTube and wherever you can find podcasts. Hit us up with a rating and review and we'll see you next time. Thanks again, Derek. Thank you. Bye.